0: Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, So be sure to subscribe and of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything. Be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about five questions you must ask yourself before you start your consulting side gig. And for many physicians, consulting is a very popular side gig. It certainly is a wonderful way to dip your toe into entrepreneurship and uh, to really get some exposure and some experience in that area in a way that's very, very flexible. And it appeals to a lot of people these days, but there's a lot to know about kind of launching your own business, which really indeed it is, even if it's small and part-time. And this episode is based on a question that came from a listener, like always, but I have elaborated on her question today to make a a full episode uh, that would maybe be more broadly applicable than her question. So Whitney asks, how do I decide how much to charge as a consultant? This is my first time being offered an opportunity. So it's a great question how to charge for your services. And we're going to get into that today. But I thought I would elaborate on that as well, and make sure that we cover some of the major bases questions that you will need to ask and answer before you start your consulting physician side gig. And for my listeners who are not physicians, don't worry, this will be applicable really to any side gig. Before I dig into those five questions, I do want to give a shout out to a reviewer. You guys know I really appreciate your reviews, uh, particularly on Apple podcasts or anywhere that you are listening. And today I was so thrilled to see this review from lifelong learner MD. I don't know the real name, but but I'll read the review. I'm just so grateful for it. Uh, this podcast is amazing, they say. Fits hours of research into one sitting and presents the information in a very relaxing yet informative manner. I enjoy learning new things each week and appreciate Marjorie Seeler's energy and willingness to help. Thank you. So thank you, Lifelong Learner MD. I really appreciate your uh, leaving a review because of course the reviews are how other people find this content. So if you're finding it valuable, uh, help me help others by by doing that and also I just certainly appreciate those kind words it's very generous so thank you for that okay so let's dig in again to those five questions to ask and answer before you start your consulting side gig or before you dip your toe into the entrepreneurial waters of consulting question number 1 is what kind of a consultant will you be or what kind of consultancy services will you offer Now, specifically for physicians, a lot of the consultant work that's out there revolves around the medical legal world, being an expert witness or reviewing cases. Also, the insurance world, again, reviewing cases, charts, uh, appeals, and things like that. But there are folks who have some additional or unique experience who are doing consulting in the financial planning or even real estate areas perhaps specifically for healthcare professionals as their target audience in thinking about their financial planning or their real estate. I'll pause just to editorialize here, you know, why why do physicians need a specific real estate plan or financial plan? For those who may not be aware, you know, for physicians, because of the prolonged period of training, and how, how long it takes to go to school, finish residency, and all that, by the time a person is earning a real salary, they're often A decade or so later in life than most other professionals, and they usually have a huge debt burden, but they also usually have a pretty decent salary. So it's sort of this strange thing where you're an older person, usually, as compared to peers right out of college, and you have a pretty good initial salary, but you also have this monstrous debt burden. And so the confluence of those factors means special financial planning is needed. Anyway, Certainly, we're seeing a lot of consultants doing work in the in the coaching space, in professional development, uh, in career changes. And uh, as just an example from my my own uh, work done social media strategy for organizations, I generally don't do this for individuals. But uh, healthcare organizations will come to me and ask for consultant work on how they should structure their websites, their social media outreach, their search engine optimization and things like that. So um, that has been really rewarding, a lot of fun. And of course, if your clients are organizations, that means that not only is the workload a little bit larger, but generally the, the, um, the scope of the work and the scope of the compensation is larger too. So that can be a really great way uh, to decide on, you know, when you're thinking about your business model, whether or not you want to be doing consulting for individuals, or for groups. So these are some of the various factors in terms of what kind of a consultant will you be. And while I've just rattled off some examples, I guess I'll just kind of zoom out for a minute and say, you know, answering the question there, sort of what is your subject matter, right? What's the content? Uh, and that could be you know, medical legal, it could be case review, it could be that financial planning, professional development, whatever it is. And then also, you know, are you uh, a consultant for individuals or for groups? And if so, it's even better if you can get more granular on what kind of group. So that's really important to identify your niche, know what kind of a consultant you are in terms of your subject matter expertise, and also your intended clients, whether those clients be people or groups. Okay, question number two to ask and answer before you start your consulting side gig. How will you establish your credibility as a consultant? Usually consultants have some amount of demonstrated, established expertise and credibility in their field. They have been working in that specific subject matter that you've already identified as your intended niche for some period of time. And you have demonstrated results and you perhaps have formal training by way of a degree, uh, or a certificate, or just, you know, specific development experience. But generally speaking, having just an interest in something is not a sufficient credential to establish your consultant credibility. So you want to think about your demonstrated track record of having achieved certain things in a particular domain before you can go about positioning yourself as a consultant. So you will want to think about You know, what is it exactly that you're going to bring to the table in terms of what problems will you solve in that subject matter area? How will you help the people that you intend to be a consultant for? What can they expect to get from choosing to work with you? Uh, How can they expect their problems to be solved, their needs to be met, or their lives to be different after having hired you? And part of answering this question is not only figuring out what your actual credibility is, right and how how you would describe your expertise, the basis of your expertise, and whether it is formal training, or pure experience or some combination. But the second part is understanding how to convey that credibility and that expertise in the brand language that will connect with your intended client. This is very, very important understand uh, how you will describe your solutions and how you will describe the problems to be sure that it matches up with your intended client's way of describing their needs. So very important to figure out how you're going to establish your credibility. Again, twofold, one being what are sort of the foundational elements of that credibility that you're going to speak to that will demonstrate you are indeed an expert. And also, how will you specifically communicate that in a way that really connects with the language of your audience, keeping in mind that what an individual may feel they need is often articulated much differently than what an organization feels that they need. There are many, many different factors to consider when you're thinking about how you want to communicate to your intended client in their language, in their voice, Uh, but one of the most obvious ones is, is that distinction between individuals and organizations. Another example is whether you intend to serve people who are beginners or advanced, people who are hobbyists or who are very serious, whether you are available for all comers, kind of regardless of background, or whether you potentially have even some selection criteria before deciding who you want to work with. These are all the kinds of things you may want to think about, which really do speak to totally different audiences, different types of products that you'll be offering and potentially also. Different fee structures. So it's important to get this right. This is an area where you really want to spend some time doing your work to understand how you describe what you're bringing to the table. Will sometimes click with someone really well, make a really fast connection. And then for others, it might be kind of a turn off. And it's actually really good to zone in on these kinds of things because you want to be sure that you're clicking with the intended person that you hope to help or the intended organization you hope to help. And if there's a certain kind of client that you really don't want, that they might be able to recognize that from your consultant language and how you're establishing your credibility that they're maybe not the right client for you. That'll save you both a lot of headaches. Okay, question three to ask and answer before you start your consulting side gig. This is the uh, question that Whitney actually kicked off our podcast by asking how much will you charge? So it goes beyond sort of how much will you charge? There's a few considerations. And I'd like to suggest that you think of this as how do you structure your fee and your products. So your fee could be structured as either a flat hourly rate, it could be a per project rate, it might be a retainer or some period of time, or you might structure some kind of a package. But what's really important is to understand how you intend to bill. And for all of those things, make sure that the product Where the expectations are extremely clear, there has to be very well defined scope. And people need to understand what is it they can expect you to do? And what is it they wouldn't should not expect you to do as part of whatever they're signing up for? Are there certain things that are add ons uh, that are available, but for an additional fee? And are there certain things that are just flat out not available, right, that might be within your skill set, but that you just don't do? As an example, within my online courses, which are not exactly consulting, but similar, I'm often asked if I do any one-on-one coaching. And the answer to that is I do not. So I like for people to just know that right up front. It doesn't. It's, it's not a matter of what the price is. Um, I, it's just something that I don't offer. And I like for people to know that for sure. So that if they decide to take my courses, they realize these are on demand, they're very comprehensive, uh, but they're sort of self-service, right? They are what they are, and there isn't an additional um, coaching opportunity. So once you have clarity on what your product or products look like, you may have more than one way, and you've figured out what the scope is and what people can clearly expect to get from working with you in one way or another. Then it, that usually helps to inform how to best structure the fee, and it will usually be pretty obvious whether that should be an hourly fee, a per project rate some kind of a retainer, some kind of a package. What's the scope? What are the add-ons? What's available and what is off the table? And once you have that, then you can begin to figure out the exact dollars, right? To formulate your business plan. And this needs to take a handful of things into account. This is obviously way outside the full scope of being able to talk about on this podcast episode. One thing you're gonna wanna do is understand sort of the benchmark. What is the going rate? So now that you've defined what you are offering, You want to figure out what is the range? What are people already doing in this space and what are they charging? You will likely find that there is a big amount of variability. There's probably a pretty low end, probably a pretty high end, and a lot of space in between. But you do want to have some benchmarks so you at least understand the market. Before you decide on a fee based on those benchmarks and things like that, you also want to understand really your own business plan. Is this intended to be part-time and flexible? If so, you may want to actually have caution before you take on a lot of clients or really big projects that will endure over time. So keep that in mind when you think about the longevity in the future and your business goals, your business plan. You also need to think about your revenue goals, particularly if you depend upon this revenue for meeting your income needs. So if it's a side gig where it's just sort of augmenting things, this is less important. As you begin to transition, perhaps into making this side gig more of your main gig, it can become really important. So you need to understand the revenue goals because these will drive your plans. How much do you need to earn in a week or in a month in order for your business to be a success? And do not forget, you have got to factor in tax. Tax. So almost all consulting income is going to be, at least in the United States, 1099 income where you will be responsible for paying the portion of tax afterwards. Also, consulting income generally doesn't come with other benefits, healthcare benefits, retirement account benefits, and all the things you think about when you think about how much you earn on a per hour basis as an employee somewhere. So it's very, very different. So remember when you are settling on that consultant figure whether it's hourly or whether you've done your own math figuring out how much time and effort each project or each package takes make sure that you've factored in the fact that you you're going to be responsible for the tax and that there aren't additional benefits uh, that come with it that have a monetary value once you know what your revenue goals are and you're really concrete on how much you need to earn in a given month or a given quarter to meet those goals then you can begin to think about, your fee structure and your products in terms of the the level of experience, the sort of premium experience or affordability experience. So are you going to be offering something that has a very high end feel to it, and therefore is going to be more expensive, but where people can expect a little bit more personalized service from you, perhaps a little bit more uh, immediate access to you, something that's going to justify that higher rate, or are you going to be trying to appeal more to folks who want an affordable option, but won't expect quite that same level of premium service? And so you can take your fee structure and your products and sort of slide them up or down that scale of, is this going to be affordable and therefore without a bunch of frills, bells, whistles, and personalized attention? Or is this going to be a higher end premium product? And that will help you to figure out where you fall in that range. Now, a lot of people really aspire to having a small number of very high paying clients. That seems like it's the best of both worlds, because it's a smaller amount of work and a smaller amount of hustle in order to get those accounts. And it's usually a more consistent long term or at least larger revenue stream that comes in. And while this sounds really appealing and super, it's also worth mentioning that you will spend more time and effort probably on the front end to land those clients. And those clients will have higher expectations. True to the price point, they will expect more from you, better access to you, faster turnaround, and a higher level of professionalism really in everything that you do, including communications, contracts, deliverables. This again is just personal preference for you and your business model. And you can do it any way that you want, but you want to be sure your pricing is also in the context of your products and the market. Okay, question number four, a lot of people forget this one, but it's very, very important. Do you need additional training or capabilities? What do I mean by that? You may have all the subject matter expertise required in order for you to do the consulting work, but do you need additional training or capabilities to deliver that consulting work? And by that, I mean, you may have all the content expertise on the planet, but are you skilled at delivering presentations, if that's going to be the output of your consulting work. Are you skilled at public speaking, if that's going to be the output of your consulting work? And that may not be on a podium to a huge auditorium, but it might be in a boardroom, for example, or increasingly today, virtually. If you're going to be launching your own consulting company, you may need to have additional training in how to uh, assemble your contracts, in how to accept payments, in what kind of delivery platform you intend to use, possibly how to do some social media training. So it's important for you to understand not that you not only have subject matter expertise, but you do need to wrap your head around and get some education, perhaps in how to run your business most effectively, including uh, marketing and the actual deliverables themselves. And that leads us to question five that you've got to ask and answer before you start that consulting side gig. Question number five is how will you get your clients? How will clients come to know about you? So it's important to know how you will build your customer base, how you will get the word out. And are you going to be leveraging things like traditional marketing, which might be more along the lines of paid advertising, in which case you need a little bit of capital because you're going to need a designer, a copywriter, someone to create ads for you, Uh, And you'll need to have done some research to figure out who these ads ought to be targeting in terms of that ideal client. And of course, you'll have to have some basic digital assets so that your ads have a place to direct people, right? A basic website uh, with some of the other details that we've talked about so far. What kind of consultant are you? Your credibility, uh, your your fee structure, your package uh, and product structure, and so forth. You'll want to have all that set up on a website so that people can see it. Uh, And so whether you're doing traditional marketing via paid ads, or maybe you're doing word of mouth, a referral base, or you're doing the more modern version of content marketing, which might be having a blog, having a YouTube channel, even having a podcast, doing something in which you provide meaningful bits of education around your subject matter to give people that confidence and trust in you because they've already had sort of a mini experience of what it's like to work with you. Whether you're going to be doing that content marketing or word of mouth referral marketing or traditional marketing with paid ads, you do need to have some way to be sure that you get the word out. So that's often overlooked. And if people haven't given that some careful consideration, then they'll find they've set everything up already, but then they don't get any clients. Do you need to think about the best way to get in front of the clients that you want and have that be built in? To your business plan before you begin that consulting side gig. And again, really important because depending upon whether or not you already have a word of mouth referral network, or you already have an existing a website or content marketing platform that's already working for you, you have a variable amount of, of extra work to do upfront before you really launch that consulting side gig. And so you want to keep this stuff in mind when you're thinking about Uh, how viable your business is at this stage, what you would need to build it out. Also, when you're thinking about that price point, as we just talked about, and when you're thinking about whether this is just a part-time, very flexible, just a few projects you want to do, and then you may not need to have quite as much developed. Or if you're thinking about really growing a side gig into a main gig, this stuff becomes really, really important. So to recap, you've got to figure out, first of all, what kind of consultant are you? What's that niche? Number two, what is your basis for credibility and how will you communicate that? Number three, how much will you charge? And by that, I mean not only your fee structure, but also your product structure. Number four, do you yourself need some additional training or capabilities? Do you need to do some coursework or get some upscaling of your own? And then number five, how will you let clients know about you and really build your customer base effectively? So those are the five questions you need to ask yourself and answer before you start that consulting side gig. But I do want to encourage you to do so because among all the different options for physician side gigs these days, consulting is definitely a very popular and one of the most flexible and uh, lowest barriers to entry really to get into. So if you've got something that you do have expertise and you like to share it with others to teach them and help them along to solve those problems, consulting is a great way to do it. Now, for those of you who really are serious about either launching your consulting business or starting some other informational business like an online course, I'm going to link to the show notes to a recent webinar that I just gave. There are really only three things that you need to do to launch, and it doesn't matter what your budget is. It doesn't matter what you intend to do. There are three things only, and there's a variety of ways in which you can do these three things. So come check out this webinar course, it will really demystify this for you quite a bit. It's simple, it's easy. And it's important to get live and launched, I think as quickly as possible so that you actually know if you have a business model that makes money, we're going to get into that uh, in this. So please do uh, pop by my website and click through check out this webinar. It's a really great training do not be intimidated, go on out there and get started in consulting. It's a great way to establish expertise even further. It's a great way to earn additional income. And frankly, it's a great way to learn more. We're all lifelong learners, right? Good luck out there. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now.